Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your HIV positive host, Ms. Jennifer Lee Vaughn. How are you all? You know, you've all come to my therapy session. This is truly what this is. This is me just needing to get this all out so I can feel better. Sometimes I, well, most of the time I do go and listen to this a couple times back and it helps. <laughs> you should all do this. You should all record yourselves talk about things that are going on in your life, how you feel about it, and then go back and listen to it several times. I'm telling you, it really does help. Or maybe I'm just completely narcissistic and I like to hear my own voice. I don't know, but it really does seem to help. Okay. Um, yeah. Welcome back. I just started work again. It's Tuesday at the moment. I started yesterday. It was a little dicey there for a moment. Um, so I'm a sub for the district. I've worked for this district for 13 years now. And, um, I, (laughs) something happened. Um, I needed to turn in my TB test results in order to continue working for the district, which was weird because the last time I had it done was June of 2021. And I'm almost positive. I, I don't know if I have to turn them in annually or not. I can't remember, but I thought I had turned them in, um, last time and it was the same results from June, 2021. So I, wrote to the person in charge at the DO, that's the district office, for those that don't know, that's our fancy slang at the DO. And um, I sent her, I asked her, you know, are these sufficient or do I need to do it again? She said, no, that's fine. Those should work. So I go to my online chart, which is called my chart. It's called OCHIN, my chart, O-C-H-I-N. I have no idea what that stands for. And it always feels weird saying it. OCHIN, my chart. Oh, I just remembered something I wanted to mention. Okay. Um, anyways, so I go in there, I log in and I scroll down and it's like, I go to test results and it lists all of them. You know, I have gazillions of test results because every time I have my blood done, there's like many different tests that they, you know, it's my CBC, my lymphocytes, my uh, HIV, RNA, my, um, my CD4, which comes up as doesn't say T cells. I don't remember. I think it says CD4. I don't, whatever. But there's just a long list. And they're all there for the last six years. So I scroll down. I finally find the one that says Quantiferum Gold. That's the TB test result. Um, it's not the one where they put the little... Ne- it doesn't really matter. But it's not the one where they put the little tiny needle under your skin. I used to do that at the doctors when I worked there. I worked as a medical assistant for two years from like 2011 to 2013. And that was one of my favorite little things to do was to do the... TB test where you would do it on the uh, soft side of the um, forearm. You just put that, the, just the tip of the needle underneath the skin, and then you just put a little bit of the solution and it makes a little bubble. I'm sure you guys have all had that. Well, that's not the results. It's not from that one. It's just from my typical blood draw and they did the quantiferum gold. So anyways, it was negative. So I go and I looked down at the list of, um, I find it and I, and, and on there, on that screen, it's got the date I did it. So then when I click on it and it says, do you want to print it out? Um, it, it only has my name and the results. So when you open it up, it says my name and the results, but the date's not on there. Okay. We need everything all together. And also I haven't been able to print. So what I was doing is screenshotting and I'll get to that too. Why I can't print. It's pretty simple, but I screenshot it on my phone. Um, the, when I opened it up, what it looked like and I sent it to her and she said, no, that that won't work. Um, we have to have your, the date on it. I'm like, Oh my God, the date is on like the literal listing of re- test results. So, and the reason I'm not printing it at home is because I have a brother printer. I bought the knockoff version of toner, which was like 15 bucks through Amazon. And I get it home or whatever. It shows up in my house. I plug it in. It fits perfectly in my printer, but my printer will not recognize it. It's like, sorry, brother only. So you look up the brother toner for this particular old printer and it's $69. What, why is this so expensive? Why is ink so, I don't understand. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they can charge this much. It's just like sushi. Like literally sushi is mostly just fancy rice and some vegetables and a little bit of fish. It's so overpriced. So anyways, I have, I refused to buy toner just because I'm just being stubborn about it. And I'm like, there's always a way around it. So basically I needed to go down to my doctor's office and have it printed out, which isn't far from the DO. So I really put this off and I knew I needed to work on Monday. So by Wednesday afternoon, I bring at lunchtime, I bring the printout to the DO's office and the person that I needed to give it to, and I will not name names. 
because this really, there was some like friction. Um, I gave it to somebody at the front desk and this isn't a big office. This is HR. And I actually know like the head of the HR department. He knows me by name again, not naming names, but he said, Hey, Jennifer, um, because I've been around for a long time. People know who I am, which also means that most people in the district know about my, my, you know, social media and my diagnosis, which has not been an issue one time, not one single solitary time in the last six years that I've been open and public about my diagnosis, which is really amazing. And I mean, it's probably that most people don't know, but most people probably just don't seem to care. I mean, I don't know. I, I really can't tell you why, but nobody's said anything about it. And I have tons of teachers that follow me um, and, you know, support me a hundred percent heart, all my stuff. And yeah, so it's, it's pretty awesome. So, and I am lucky. I know that because I know there's places where this won't happen and there is a lot of stigma and, you know, someone could even possibly lose their quote unquote job for something they quote unquote did just because they're concerned. Um, and other parts of the world, definitely that, um, if they find out you have HIV, they will, you will lose your job. But, um, enough about that. At the moment, uh, back to my story, I go on tangents, obviously. So I get the paper to the person, it's Wednesday afternoon, and I write to the person, by the way, every time I wrote to this person to tell them that and send in my screenshots, I tried it, I think, two different ways, I got immediately like replied back to no, that won't, that's not sufficient. It was like, almost like I feel like they enjoyed that it wasn't working the way I wanted it to it kind of bothered me, but it was like an immediate response. Nope, that's not it. it we can't accept it that way. We can't. Accept, and I'm like, mm, okay, let me go down to my doctor's office, you know, and, um, get the printout for you. So I bring it in and I'm like thinking, yay, I did this. Well, the problem is, is that I had teachers that needed me Monday, uh, starting. And then I, somebody, somebody else had requested me for this Thursday and Friday. So I needed to be in the system, but I wasn't even in the system until this TB result was cleared. So I write to the person who was going to clear it. No response. I have the, the teacher who's wanting me for Monday um, to reach out to her. She tells her that uh, her response to her was, um, I'll get to it in the next 24 hours. Okay. I don't know why it can't just be done. Whatever. We have through Friday evening, basically, until, you know, it's going to be a bit of an issue. So I give um, another nudge the next day, Thursday, because I haven't heard anything and I'm still not in the system. And I'm like, um, is that going to be done soon? And I'm going to tell you that this person I have felt doesn't like the subs or there's a power trip thing going on. I don't really know. I've felt this for years and I've, it's sort of been, um, confirmed by other people who have worked for the district for a long time. So I don't think it's my imagination. Um, and I feel like you have to kiss ass and I don't like doing that. So, but you know, we do our best. So I'm frustrated at this point. So by Friday, I reach out about two o'clock in the afternoon to that head of HR, that male person that I was talking about, again, not going to name names, want to keep my job. And um, I say to him, hey, write an email. I, this is the situation. I need to get in the system. It's Friday after two. Uh, I've got a job Monday morning. And if I'm not in the system, I can't go there. He says, no problem. I'll do it. It was never done. So I'm like, I tell the teacher how frustrated I am. It's already Friday evening at this point. I assume everybody's gone for the weekend. I kind of forgot that the district is not going to sleep during the weekend. There's so much going on two days prior to school starting that um, I kind of forget that all these people are probably actually at the DO on the weekend, just especially this weekend because it's just, you know, crazy. So I get... Um, Basically, I had to get the high school involved that my son goes to because they reached out to me and asked me to cover a class Monday. And I said, well, I would love to, but no one's helping me in the DO. And I mean, I know how much I'm needed because I'm I'm a sub and I'm willing to work and I'll do any grade. And um, they're desperate for help at the moment. So that person, which is the vice principal of my kid's school said, oh my gosh, I will get in. So she get it. She gets a hold of the brand new principal who's just starting this year at my kid's school who came all the way from Massachusetts and her name's Dr. Allison something. So smart lady. And she had to ask her to help. So that was Saturday. And I didn't hear anything after that. And I thought, oh, okay. then the paranoia hit me. Oh boy. Okay. So we've had 
This is, I'm going to the fourth person here. And these are big wigs in the district and it still hasn't happened. So now I've got myself convinced that there's a complaint about me in the district from a, a teacher or uh, from a parent. I really assumed it was from a parent that, and I'm thinking, well, all my like social media, like my IG stuff is pretty just educational. And I'm thinking the only thing that I'm like, where I've spoken about like my sex life and stuff has only been through my podcast, but my podcast ain't that big. You know, there's more, way more listenership or viewership, I guess, on my YouTube channel versus the actual podcast, um, through like Apple and, and Spotify and stuff. But I still thought, well, I mean, maybe, I don't know, because my, there's more moms that are aware of my stuff now that my son is playing on these teams with, you know, I've got definitely new moms that are, um, oh, and I just, that's reminds me. I have, there's somebody, there's someone else. I just remembered that I wanted to, um, tell you guys about, okay, hold on. I gotta write myself on out here. So that's what I'm thinking is that somebody's complaint. And then my daughter goes, mom, you're like, like, are you stoned? She goes, you are so like ultra paranoid. That's like crazy. That is not what this is. They're just busy or whatever. So long story short, (laughs) yes, they cleared it Sunday evening, but it took that same mail, uh, from the DO, uh, getting, um, actually a nudge from the special ed department. So the head of the special ed department, so literally like six people were involved, um, because the teacher asked her to get it done. And so it was done at like seven o'clock, Sunday night. So I was able to go to work Monday morning. Um, and I did have a, um, post-secondary class that was my first day back, which was really nice. Cause we literally just spent like, you know, the morning with a bunch of like 20 year old, you know, special ed kids, but they, it's like, they're, they're just so fun. They, it doesn't even seem like they're special ed. I mean, maybe they're like, I guess you'd consider them like, well, I don't even know. Like no one had down syndrome. I guess they are all have some form of autism, I guess. Like I, I don't want to die, you know, put any, I don't really know, but they're, they're so sweet. Like they might talk a little too much or they might be more childlike, I guess, but super easy to talk to and all super sweet. And, um, I just had a great time. It was a great day back. And so then, uh, today, um, so that was that, that finally got cleared up, thank God. And it was, it had nothing to do with that. And it actually made me feel so much love for my job that it was just a, Oh, oh, oh. And then (laughs) that it was just a snafu, whatever. It was just people being lazy, basically. Um, But that other person that I thought was having the power trip situation, and I reached out to my union rep and told him what was happening. And he said that he was going to file a grievance. Um, Thankfully, he didn't because that person wrote back to me Monday morning and said they'd been sick Thursday and Friday. I mean, were they? I have no way to prove this. Did she find out that I was a little PO'd and had talked to some people about it? Like, I don't know. And I said, oh, I hope you're feeling better. (laughs) Like, I thought it was going to be nice. And then she said, thank you. And then that was the end of that. But, you know, we all know these people that work. It's like like the gatekeepers at doctor's offices, the people that work the front desk. You know. And, And anything you're feeling about that, when you feel like they're being shitty back to you and they're holding something over you, especially with getting like an appointment, I guarantee there is personal attitude that plays into that. Cause I've worked in a doctor's office and I've seen how they pull that card. It's people are human. They definitely, I mean, you want to think that people wouldn't do that, but I've seen it happen. I mean, they maybe just don't like a patient. They think patients are pushy and they're like, you know what, I'm going to give them an appointment, you know, three weeks out, even though there's this one available next week or whatever. I really shit like that totally happens. So, um, I used to think that things like that would never happen until, you know, you end up working these jobs and you're like, oh yeah, people are, people are people and they do things like that. So that was a much longer story than I had anticipated. Here we are 15 minutes in. Okay. Um, so I did start the new job and, um, not new job, but I worked at the school today. Uh, what did I want to tell you about that? It was a culinary arts class. I'm there. I was there today. I'm going to be there tomorrow. I literally got there right when the class started at eight 30. I thought class was starting at eight 45, but even on the, on my work schedule thing, it told me to be there at eight 20, which wouldn't have been enough time to prep at all. So I, as I walked into the class with the class, I'm like, Oh, like, um, I've got an email from, I don't know. I think it's the teacher that actually left giving me kind of like the plans for the day. 
but it was a little like you needed to sit down and read it without having 30 quiet students staring at you because everybody's you know it's back to school people are quiet and they're waiting for your instruction and you know it's a little nerve-wracking to have 30 teenagers staring at you and you're like um just give me a second here so and all the classes were back to back so i had first period second third with and by the when the bell rings and kids leave there's already kids coming in for the next period like there's no time to prep in between and then i had a 10 minute break and then i had two more classes so i literally went five classes in a row with only a 10 minute break so i really didn't have a chance to even like catch my breath i was winging it like i completely was winging it but that is that is what subbing's all about you have to really know how to um improvise in the moment and be on your toes and just be prepared for kind of anything. And even like the vice principal, two vice principals came through and just did a walkthrough. Um, while I was basically, I was like standing there reading on the big screen, like the curriculum or whatever, their rules and regulations and stuff, but I make it entertaining. And it was like, I always feel like when they walk in, I'm like, that's right. You walk into my show, watch me entertain the crowd. I, it feels really good now. I used to never feel that way. I used to feel very, uh, worried and like, oh my God, I hope I don't mess up if somebody walks in or like I'd have a principal walk in and just watch for a while. Oh my God, that used to give me such a heart attack. And now I get off on it. I love it. It's fun. So, um, and I know those two people that came in to watch, they were just counting heads anyways, but I, I still feel like maybe they're just getting, you know, they want to see what Miss Vaughn is up to. And I'm glad that they came in and saw. Okay. So what I wanted to mention, which was really interesting is that there's a mom on my son's team, um, and she wrote to me and she's been following me on Facebook since last season. So she clearly knows that I have HIV and I've never discussed it with any of the moms. I know there's a few moms on my kids teams. Uh, you know, he does or my kids, two teams, he does basketball and football. Um, so some of them I'm connected to now on my Jennifer Lee Vaughn account, but they also, or they're on Facebook or whatever, but they, you know, it's not hard to figure it out. You can see that I've got HIV. So, or that I advocate for it or whatever. So, um, this one mom who happens to be, um, uh, I don't want to say too much cause I don't, it's private information. I'll just say that, um, well, yeah, I know her. I'm friendly with her. And, um, anyway, she had asked me a question about blisters and HIV. And it was funny cause my first thought was, is like, um, oh, here we go. She has a blister. She is thinking somehow she got HIV from like the bathroom. You know, I'm thinking, oh my God, she doesn't know anything about HIV. And she's, and I said, uh, no, it's not a symptom. I just wrote back, nope. Cause I was kind of like bothered, <laughs> bothered by it. Honestly, I thought, oh God, or, or like maybe her kid had a blister and she thought maybe I gave her kid something. I don't know. Like I, that totally went through my head. And then she revealed to me that her brother has HIV and I was like, get out of here. I'm like, oh my God, like, wow. So here we go. Somebody else touched by it, you know? And, um, so we, I couldn't believe it. So I gave her all my links to everything. Cause she said that he, um, he doesn't like his doctor and he has something about his medication. And I was like, Oh God, I'm like, tell him about my doctor. And I gave her my info. I just gave her a bunch of links and she said, thank you so much. So then we finally were watching them practice, um, the other day and I sat with her and I said, so I got to ask you about your brother. And, um, so we just had a chit chat about it. And she said, yeah, he was diagnosed like maybe 13, 10, 13 years ago. And she said that he's, it's really affected him psychologically in a way that it's made him like mad at everybody. Um, so I just thought I should share this for people that are HIV positive or anybody that has somebody in the family, how it could potentially affect somebody. And she just said like, he's angry. He's, he's always angry. And she feels like everybody has to tiptoe around him. And he's mad that he blames his parents for not educating him better on it, which is crazy because, um, you know, I think possibly they could be, um, they could have come from Mexico. I'm not totally sure, but there's a lot of that where I live. So I'm not sure that they like would have been educated on it anyways. And I know in school, they don't teach much about any, anything sexually transmitted, especially HIV. Um, so she said, he's just, he's always angry. He's always moody. We always have to be careful about how we talk to him about everything. And she said, he's just like, he wants to blame it on everybody, which I thought, wow, like that's after all this time, you think you would have embraced it and just been okay with it. But she said, he's just, no, nah, he's just, he's cranky about it. 
So, of course, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my God, is her brother married? Like, does she know about, like, who really gets HIV? So I I look over and I said, he's gay, right? She goes, huh? And the, she, it was because she didn't hear me. But she looked at me like, just the way she responded, I thought, oh, my God, oh, my God, she she doesn't know. Oh my God, she doesn't know. And she's going to like, I'm going to drop a bomb on her right now. Right. But she goes, she goes, huh? She, you know, and I said, no, no. Is he, is he gay? And she said, um, oh, cause we were whispering cause we were around a bunch of other parents and she said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, okay. Cause I was gonna say, I have a little thing I need to tell you if he's telling you he's not. So yeah. Okay. So it was what I had expected, but for the last like until we talked about it I had been thinking oh my god I don't know if she knows if her brother's like you know saying he's straight more than likely he's got a secret but anyways no he was gay so that was handled but you know I just thought it was worth mentioning that you know even after having it for years and years some people still just can't you know embrace it and it still affects them and I told her like and, you know, she said, like, she's so glad to see how I live with it. And she's like, it's nice to see that, like, it doesn't have to be this, like, big negative thing. And I said, oh, yeah, God, no. There's like, you know, I said, but I guess, you know, everybody's got a different path. And, but it was sort of disheartening, honestly, to hear that someone could feel so mad about it years later. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just never felt that way about it. It was just maybe because I got so sick and, uh, well, it is. I mean, I got better and realized life wasn't going to change in any drastic way. And I was just really grateful. Okay. I wanted to read a comment. Um, and by the way, I wanted to shout out Jimbo. Hey Jimbo, if you're listening, thank you for leaving a comment on my Podbean account. So there's like 27 followers on the Podbean app and I don't like, it's doesn't seem like it's a real popular place to follow, but, um, if you do follow me on there, I can read comments directly on there. And that's like the first one I think I've had on my Podbean account. So thank you, Jimbo, for that. Um, and I put the app on my phone too. I didn't even have it on my phone. I just look at it on my computer. Um, but you guys can follow me there if you want to. Also there, I mean, I would prefer that everybody on my YouTube channel listen to it through, I always say this through, you know, Apple or Spotify, it would help my podcast, but I do read the comments on my YouTube channel. And so there's comments on there as well. Uh, Natalia, I wanted to also shout her out. Um, and I wanted to read this comment from, it doesn't matter who it's from, but it's from a man. And this is for all the HIV anxiety people out there. I just like, this is the stuff I read that I'm just like, oh my fucking God, like Jesus Christ, eye rolling comment like this. I have a great level. I hate to read it like this, but it is, it's annoying to me, but I get it that if you don't know shit about HIV, this could be a potentially scary scenario. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I've talked about it so much. I feel like everybody just should know this. But he says, I have a great level of anxiety in general. So he's somebody that's already dealing with generalized health anxiety, which is, I see that go hand in hand with HIV anxiety. And he says, I just got tested this morning, particularly the, you know, it's not an easy word to say, particularly the results, the results are to arrive by Tuesday at the latest. I am praying that the results say negative. I use, okay, this is the part that gets me. I used a condom, but I don't know if the woman put it on me properly. How would you not know that? I, I mean, I don't have that part, but I think I would know if it didn't feel like it was on right. I mean, don't, can't you tell? I, I don't know. Wouldn't it bunch up if it wasn't on right? And you know, you know about female transmission. And like um, a friend of mine who is positive, she always is reminding me, you know, just say it's the receivers of semen. And it really truly is. So this is obviously not the receiver of semen. He's a man with a penis with a special, special, um, what do you want to call it? Um, superpower, the penis. Um, and he's got a shield over it also. See, he's got double shield protection, right? Because the condom is just like additional extra, basically not needed protection, honestly. Um, so he's got the condom. Um, but I don't know if the woman put it on properly. It's all a blur to me. Please wish me well, everyone. And he puts the praying hands. I mean, this is like, I, I, I'm, I know, I know, but like, 
it's like such an eye roller. And for the, for the women that are positive who have lived this experience and we know, I mean, how many HIV positive women do I know? It's the same, same scenario. They get it from men on the down low and then they're not transmitting it to their HIV negative partners when they didn't know they had it. So they see stuff like this and it, we all just like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Cause we know like the odds of us transmitting are so low. Um, again, the CDC says one out of 2,500 expect, uh, expectors, exposures to an HIV positive woman who's not on treatment, that those are the odds. One out of, I don't even think I've had sex 2,500 times in my life. And I've had, I think I've had a lot of sex, but one out of 2,500, that's the odds. Like I, that's what the CDC says, you know, so I've got their backing on how freaking rare it is. But anyways, someone writes update question mark, because this is another person dealing with HIV anxiety. And he just puts, I am HIV negative praying hands. Well, no shit. No fucking shit. You're HIV negative. You had a condom on. I mean, even if you were doing it up somebody's rear end, you have a condom on. Okay, enough of that. That just annoys the shit out of me. I mean, it does and it doesn't. I know, I know. I've got to be like understanding, but come on. Like, and I, I learned something from somebody who has HIV, HIV anxiety and OCD, which was really interesting to me. It's not a matter of saying you know that your exposure wasn't an exposure or you know that this was low risk and the odds of you having it are really, really low. He told me what helps is hearing that if you have it, you will live a normal life and you won't die because that's the thing that helps. And when, and he says, when people go into these chats and do all their back and forth anxiety messages to each other, he said, it's like feeding their fear and they do, they continue to feed off each other, which makes so much sense. And sometimes I want to delete these string of messages because they go on and on and on. So-and-so, Charlie, did you test? Did you guys get your results? Oh my God, I'm praying for you. And they go back and forth and it's all hetero men. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Get off my channel. You know, because I get all the messages. I don't really say that, but it, in my head I do. And um, so, but this person, it was kind of interesting to see that, yeah, this definitely just adds fuel to the fire when they um, are able to go back and forth and communicate and basically make themselves more freaked out by, um, they think they're helping themselves, but they're actually getting more freaked out. Okay. Um, let's do, oh, one thing I meant to mention about Cabanuva that I didn't mention before when I saw my doctor, she said that another reason we want to kind of avoid it is because they are, uh, Cabanuva, by the way, is the every other month injectable that, um, we can take for HIV now, and we don't have to take a pill every day but I'm not going to do it for all the reasons I've listed a million times before. But she said, you're actually getting more drug in your body than just a pill a day. And that makes sense. You have to give an overabundance of the drug because it needs to last for two months. It needs to keep you undetectable for two months. So it's a large dose of this medication um, put into your butt cheeks. And I believe it would, you know, come out slowly out of the muscle over the two months. But regardless, regardless, it's a large amount of drug, uh, more so than the pill a day. So she said, you know, better to just to have the smaller amount that you're dealing with just fine and stick with that for now. And I thought that that was um, worth mentioning. So um, let's see. Um, I got my lips done a week ago today. I went in, um, I'm just deleting things off my little list here. I went into my doctor's struck and, um, he goes through, I mean, this guy doesn't let you take a break. So I think he injected my lips 20 to 25 times all around more upper lip because that's where my wrinkling is. So it's mostly in the uh, skin above the colored part of your lip, but he does throw a few in into the colored part of your lip. And that is, uh, there's nothing fun about that. I mean, it is like, oh, like it's as bad as you can imagine. It does not feel good. Um, and he did one on the side of my face and immediately pushed against my face with a cotton ball. <laughs> so no, you're going to, you're going to have a little bruise there, a little bruise. So that has turned into a week long, um, I don't know. It looks like I've been beat up and it was black. I mean, it was like literally the size of, um, like 
I don't know, two thirds of a dime, maybe right in the crease of my smile and it's up higher. So I've had this bruise on my face uh, for an entire week and it was there today. And I don't know why, but it doesn't matter how much cover up and whatever that uh, concealer and all of that that I put on, it wears off or something because it continues to show through within hours. I'm like, God damn. So I realized that when I was teaching today that they all saw the bruise on my face. Nobody asked what it was, but, um, anyways, I'm happy with the, with the results that says it takes like a week to two weeks for the full plumpness to arrive, but I highly recommend it. I wish I'd started all of this back when I was like 35 and then all of the wrinkles that I have been making since I was 35 wouldn't have been happening because the Botox would have frozen my face but now I've got wrinkles and, you know, we're just dealing with the work. It's like we're going in and trying to fix something at the age of 80. I mean, like literally, I mean, I've got wrinkles that have been, you know, on their way for years and now I'm trying to reverse it. That's not going to happen. So it's, it still works, but I mean, I think how amazing it would have looked if I had started a long ass time ago and never gave my my face the opportunity to make those wrinkles deepen because my face would have been a little bit more frozen. Um, and there's a really interesting thing that happens in all of you that have Botox, you know, after about eight weeks, you start to feel the muscle will kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It feels like it's dropping. Like you're, you feel like your forehead go and it feels like it's just kind of like moving. It's a very interesting feeling. It's almost like when you feel the baby move inside you for the first time when you're pregnant, you feel that little flutter and you're like, was that gas? Um, but on your face, when the Botox starts to wear off, it's basically the muscle just kind of like waking back up or something. I think that's what they told me. But um, yeah, I need to go get Botox in another month. But the the filler, what I was going to say is that my, this guy is amazing. 250 250 bucks. That's it for my upper lip. That's all he charges. And this will last for an entire year. I know, um, it's typically like 700 to 750 for, for filler. I think he, he uses a half. That's all I hear. I don't really know if what that means, a half of a vial, a half of an ounce. I have no idea an ounce. I don't know. But anyways, he, I would say he's injected my lip roughly 20 to 25 times a couple in my creases, my, like my smile lines and a couple in my bottom lip in the colored part. And yeah, those hurt. And I put tattoo numbing cream on. It didn't do anything. I don't know. It's, I think that's only for tattoos because tattoos are like not as deep. The needle doesn't go as deep, but for lip filler, it's going a little bit deeper, even though it's a baby needle. I don't know, but it really, really freaking hurts. So Okay. Um, lip bruising, like <laughs> marking this off my list. Okay. TikTok account update. I got something back from them after I gave them, I, you know what I had done? I went, I went through an email process of writing to them. Like my, Owen looked up legal TikTok, legal at TikTok or something. And then that sent me back automatically an email response with links. And so I responded to, it says, you know, what are you reporting? And I said, age <laughs> discrimination, basically, but um, an age complaint. So I went in through that way and I never got a response through that, but I did a little bit more investigating through my old account and realized that I uh, it just had to do with, a. Pa I didn't know what my password was, honestly, to my TikTok. And when I finally figured it out, it opened it up and let me appeal it through the old account or whatever. So I used my driver's license and, you know, you have to take a picture of it front and back. And I was, and I'm doing everything really fast because I can't believe I actually got into the account. I can't believe I, I hadn't written the password down anywhere. I used, a f I just tried a few that I thought might work and it finally opened it up. I was like, oh, thank God not opened it up because everything's still not showing. Um, if you look me up, I'm still, yes, that's the end of this is I'm still not, it's still not open again, but, um, or it's still not back up and running. So I, I send them the driver's license. I send them the picture of me holding the driver's license next to my face. This is me. Um, you know, I'm not 13 and under, but so I get the response back the next day less than 24 hours. I'm like, awesome. So I open up the email. You have been denied. This isn't acceptable. I'm like, what? It's a freaking, it's my fucking driver's license. Are you kidding me? So I, in a panic, I'm like, oh my God, they're just against me. And then I reread, I go back in with my password, do the appeal again. Cause I thought, well, I'm just going to use a different form of ID. So I get my passport 
And then I realized there was a step I missed. (laughs) There's a string of letters that you have to write down on a piece of paper and hold that up along with your identifying identification. And um, so I did the passport. I was like, oh my God, I'm a dumb dumb. And they don't tell you that. They just tell you that it's been rejected. They have, they do not tell you why. So of course I just thought it was just because they were being mean. And I thought maybe my driver's license just wasn't clear. Like, I don't know. But um, so I did it with my passport. I did the string of letters, held all of it up, took a picture, sent that in. And now it's been, I think, four days and I've heard nothing where the rejection came within 24 hours. And I feel like I'm on the right track because I did everything right this time. So I'm just waiting. But I've had, like I've said, I think I said in the last podcast that I've had other people tell me that they've had large accounts up to almost 50,000 followers have this happen to them for whatever reason, a a stupid reason, and they never got it back. And um, they're basically saying by September 2nd, they're going to delete my entire account. So I've been uploading on a new... TikTok account. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you guys what the name of it is. It is my name, but I think I, the other one was Jennifer dot Vaughn. And this one is, um, Jennifer Vaughn 24. And of course it's V A U G H A N. So feel free to follow me there. I've got a whopping 1,859 followers. Um, I've got 10,000 likes at the moment. They have made a few of my videos viral, three of them so far, so far, so far. Um, My HIV symptoms video has 183,000 views at the moment. My, this one. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I have HIV and this is how much it affects me. This is it. One pill a day. That is a goddamn good video. That only got 21,000 views. Come on. That one was at 4 million views. And they ran it only to 15,000. It's slowly been getting a few more every day. It's up to 21,000 now. But that video originally had 4 million views and a half a million likes. Like, Jesus. Don't they realize like that, that was a good video? Like, And the symptoms video, interestingly enough, has more views this time than it did the first round. But this is my Hi symptoms there, my one. Name is Jennifer. I'm HIV positive. Been living with HIV since 2013, and one of the most asked questions is about my symptoms. And I had a lot of them. That's typical with HIV. Before I get into all. Okay. So and then I did this one again. I could be brown. I could be blue. We all love that one, right? I looked like I looked awesome in that video because I used the freckle faced. <laughs> Uh, filter. I'm like, I look so pretty there. (laughs) Yeah, because it doesn't look anything like me. But anyways, that one only got 7,000 views. That one originally was, I think that was up to like a million. I think that one had a million also. And anyways, I should say my symptoms video probably had more than 183,000. I don't really remember. I don't know because I don't have access to any of it anymore. I just know that that other one had 4 million. So um, anyways, I'm trying to build this account back up. It's a real bummer. It's a real, real big bummer. But, you know, what can I do except keep going on this account? Thankfully, I have the majority of like the videos that I already had. But the problem is, is that you just lose all credibility. Like there's something really nice about sharing. I don't know with a potential partner that I've got a TikTok account with 125,000 followers. I mean, that makes me look kind of good, you know? And now it's like, yeah, I've got a TikTok account with less than 2,000. I mean, it sucks. Like it took two and a half years to get that following. And uh, it's not fun to start over. I'm like, I'm pretty freaking pissed about it. But really, what is it more than just clout? I mean, I don't know. It's not like it's paying my rent or anything. So, but it's fun. And then the lives also, I tried a live with this new account and it, um, it just flopped. I mean, there was like seven people on there. When I had the other account, I'd go live and I'd have like a continuous flow of like 700 to freaking 1300 people at all times. And that's because that account was bigger. And I think they pushed me to the live, uh, like the, I don't know, there's like a live, uh, for, for you page, I think. So, um, Anyways, yeah, I don't even want to do a live because there's nothing like talking to seven people. Like, sorry, I'm not going to do it unless I have like a shit ton of people asking me questions because I think it's freaking awkward. It's just awkward. So, um, yeah, that's the latest on TikTok. Still waiting. Still waiting. I don't know. I have till September 2nd. Well, I had till September 2nd to respond 
and then they're going to delete the, the account by September 12th if it's not resolved. But it's like, I've done all I can do on my end. And I tried to reappeal re it and they won't let me. They said it's already being appealed. So they just said it's be, it's pending. It just says pending when I look it up. So, I mean, uh, I guess there's something, f you know, to say for that. So, okay, back to my notes. So, um, I had a little thing happen. This is just a boy update. Oh, I was going to tell you guys a story. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Where are we at? 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you the story. Okay. So this is a, this is a dating story, uh, back from when I was about, this is during my dancing days when I lived in Sacramento and, um, I was very single. I didn't even have girlfriends up there. I was just going to, I lived, um, in Roseville and I would go to Folsom all the time to go to the gym. And I think I talked about this when I talked about my dancing, my dancing uh, days and how all that started. So, and I'm pretty sure I did not tell this story. Hello? That was a cat, I guess. So I would go to the gym all the time. And that was pretty much my social outlet other than going to like this Monday night sports thing where like, I think you do trivia I remember doing one of those. This is all pre-texting and internet. Like, yeah, this was like, I didn't have a computer then. So yeah, this was like, we'd have to go places to like interact with people. So the gym was it. And, um, my, my, my stripping was also, I mean, there was nobody there that I wanted to date, but anyways, I'm, I'm at the gym all the time. And this guy catches my eyes. Very good looking totally my type, totally out of my league. I feel because I, I feel that I'm only allowed to go so far with certain like body types and beauty. If you know what I mean? Like he was a, he was a 10 for sure. And I felt like I was more like a 7.5 and I'm like, yeah, he's out of my league, but I don't really remember how the hell it happened because I, what I've been going to my gym now for since February, there's there people don't flirt with you. Like, I don't know what, if it's just, <laughs> they don't want to talk to the old white lady, but, or they're just respectful or whatever, but there's nobody picking up on me at, at my gym. I feel eyeballs on me for sure, but I don't see, uh, you know, nobody bothers me. But, um, so this gym was 24 hour Nautilus and Folsom. And I was going there every day, of course, and looking at the boys, somehow a conversation started between me and this guy. And he was very much like I had anticipated. He was, he was really chill and, uh, very confident and not overly smiley or anything, but, um, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but he'd asked me if I wanted to go on a bike ride, like, um, around Folsom Lake. And I, so I don't remember, I guess, who knows how many days later we planned it. I was like, Oh my, are you freaking kidding? Of course. So I had to play that off. I had to be really cool about it. And, um, we, so we meet up, we go for this bike ride. I cannot believe. And this guy lived in El Dorado Hills, El Dorado Hills. He had his own house. Like, I don't know what he did for a living. I feel like he was a little bit older than me. I was 25 at the time. He could have been like in his early thirties. I'd say, I would say he was probably about like 5'11", brown hair. His name was Richard, but I've always referred to him as Dick because of this whole incident. Um, or the experience with him. So we go on this mountain bike ride. I don't even remember what kind of bike I had. I, man, I, whatever, I guess I had a mountain bike, but I rode on something and, um, it was really hot. It was Sacramento it was really hot. It was a very hot day. It was over 90 for sure. Cause I remember just being like, Jesus Christ. I don't remember how much we rode. I don't think that was the point of getting together. The point of getting together was to eventually go to his house. And I think he understood that that's what he wanted to do. I didn't really know. I was sort of hoping there might be a hookup, but I didn't know how it was all going to go down. So, you know, we've been all sweaty and uh, riding around in the heat. I don't think I had enough water. I probably didn't eat anything that day because I was nervous. So he invites me over to his place. I follow him there. We get to his place. It's a two-story, several-room, beautiful home, a newer home in a very newer, beautiful, new neighborhood in El Dorado Hills. And I'm like, God damn, like, what is this guy all about? 
And so he invites me in and he offers me a beer. I don't like beer, um, but there was nothing else to drink. So I, I decided to drink it, you know, whatever. I'm trying to be cool. Again, I'm, I've been out in the heat for a while. I hadn't eaten much. I'm drinking the beer and all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, there was, it was like an IBS attack. Like there is no ignoring this. I am going to have explosive diarrhea. This is great. This is great. This, there's nothing sexier. And I'm like, I have to excuse myself to use the restroom. Of course, I don't want him to know this. Nothing's happened with us yet at all. And, um, I, I, and this is, and going and having diarrhea was only <laughs> part of the story. Cause that was kind of like, didn't have anything to do with the rest of the story, but it, that did happen. And I think I had to make a few trips to the bathroom, but I did not want to leave. Cause it took a lot to get to this point where I'm in the guy's house, this freaking sexy ass man. And, um, he's invited me on a date. He's invited me over, you know, it's reminding me of the Steve Paulson date, you know, the, the, um, weatherman. And I'm feeling like, I can't believe this. Like, how am I here in this house with this beautiful man and like, whatever. So, and I, looking back, I'm like, did he put something in my beer? But I don't think so. I think it was just a combination of the sun and like not eating enough. Does he offer me anything to eat? No, nothing. And this was like, the sun is starting to go down. Like it was the end of the day. So I don't, I just, yeah, I think I probably hadn't eaten much or anything, but so finally got whatever I needed to get out of my system out. And, um, I were laying on this couch. That's like an L shape. And we have our, I remember we were like, uh, we're watching TV. And so we're not laying together. We're like head to head and our legs are going the opposite direction. And somehow his arm went above his head and he started like he sort of touched my arm. You know how that is. It's like that moment. You're like, oh, fuck, he's touching me. And you're just like, oh my God, what is happening? And then I, unfortunately, I do not remember what happened right after that. I don't even know how we got connected. I don't have any clue if he got on top of me and kissed me. I don't remember any of that. And I wish I did because I do remember that moment when he touched me and it was just like electricity. Well, for me, it was. I was just like, God damn. So anyways, we venture up to his room and uh, we're doing it. And um, I'm trying to be as cool. Like I'm, you know, well, I mean, I had experience at that point. I was 25, but I want to like, I want to be good, right? I want to like come off as a really fun lay because I want to come back and so I'm down. I'm down for whatever, right? So he's kind of directing me. And I remember he wasn't, <laughs> he was, you know, not an, I feel like he hated women. <laughs> That's literally how it felt. I just felt like it wasn't really that sweet, but I'm still going to go with it because he's so goddamn hot. So somehow I end up being told to get on my hands and knees, which is fine. I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll do that. And I'm, I think it was dark. It was, it was dark. And I'm, um, waiting for the insertion portion of the experience. And all of a sudden I'm feeling like there, this, something feels not good. Like this is, this doesn't feel nice. And I'm like, that is not him. Like that's not his man part. There's, this is something else. And I'm like, okay, fine. I get it. He's got a toy he wants to use on me. I'm going to act like I'm like fine with this. And I'm, but it doesn't feel something about it kind of hurts. And so I'm trying to be okay with it. And after a while, I'm just like, <laughs> like doesn't feel good. And I realize what he had put in me. So in his room, and again, this is like, these are big houses. Like they reminded me of my mom and my stepdad used to always go around to, um, like new developments and we go look at the model homes. So it reminded me of kind of like those model homes, like his house was decorated really nicely. And again, I don't know, no kids, no wife. I don't know what he was doing and doing in such a, I don't know what he was doing in such a big house. Oh, there's my Devato. I tell you, I always record when it's time for me to take my Devato. Okay. So, uh, I don't know, um, what he's doing in such a big house, but okay. So on the side of his bed, he's got a bowl of paper mache fruit. So you know the kind that if you hit it with your nail, it's like tick, 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 tick. They're hollow. It's like dipped in some kind of like thin, you know, shellac. I don't know. So it's a bowl of like, you know, apples and like things that look like squash and stuff. It was 
a bumpy cucumber that he's shoving up my puss. And I'm like trying to act like I like it. What in the hell would make some guy think that this is something a girl would enjoy? Again, he hated women. He had to have. So all I remember after that is that there was, uh, I, I, he did stop and I don't remember how it all ended, but I know that I stayed because I don't know if he he said I could or whatever, but I remember sleeping on my back and like kind of like hugging a pillow. Like I never got comfortable that night. It was one of those nights where I just never slept at all. And then I remember, and oh, and that's the thing is like, you want to get up and go, but you don't want that awkward moment of them going, are you leaving? (laughs) When you don't want the sun to come up and you don't want them to see you. It's like, when do I make a break for it? And that was like, I was literally laying there for hours going, when do I get up? So it may have been an urge to have to go to the bathroom again. I don't remember what, but I just remember quietly trying to find my clothes. And I didn't have a phone light that didn't exist. I had to reach around on the floor everywhere and find my shit, get my clothes on and get the hell out of there. I do remember I left and it was still dark out. And um, again, he didn't call me because that I don't know. We just never, I think he had my phone number. We must have talked over the phone or we just always talked at the gym or whatever. But yeah, he, I think I, I don't, I feel like there was one other time and then it just got weird. And, um, I remember just him like being on a machine near me and then like walking away, not even saying a word to me. Like it was just, it felt so bad. So, um, I don't know if the guy had a girlfriend or he just didn't like that. I didn't like the prickly cucumber, um, action. I don't know, but yeah, that, that happened. And, you know, I always say that I've never been, I haven't, I've never been sexually assaulted. Is that considered sexual assault? I don't know. I think it was just his kink, but, um, it was, uh, and I am lucky cause I think it, it happens way more often than, um, than people are aware of sexual assault, but that, um, yeah, that happened to me. I look back on it as sort of like, just sort of crazy not a good experience with the diarrhea and the pain and all of that. So yeah, lovely. Thanks. So that's why I refer to him as Dick because, you know, Richard translates to Dick. So that's always been his um, name for me, but he was a Richard, I guess. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I hope you enjoyed that little, that little vignette, that little story. Um, let's see how much more do I want to share the person who I call my favorite. I, I'm going to end it with telling you that I'm not going to uh, see that person anymore. This is a conscious decision I've made because of what happened last week. I got a text from him on a Wednesday night. How are you? And it was basically six days since I'd seen him last. Within five minutes, another text saying, hey, you know, I'm realizing because it was late. It was like 1045 at night. Hey, I'm realizing like if you were to come over and go home, it's a lot to ask for not spending the night, like for you to come and hang. Basically he's saying it's late. And if you came over now and I don't want you to spend the night is basically what he was saying in a nice way. Um, it would be a lot for you just to come here to have sex with me and then turn around and go home. And I was like, so I responded and said, what I think you're saying, cause it wasn't super clear. He writes kind of like in a lot of like abbreviations and I just wasn't totally sure what he was saying. So I just want to make sure. So I rewrote it and said, is this what you're saying? I said, if so, that's fine. Cause that works better for me tomorrow night, which was true. I was, I was tired. Like I didn't want to get in my car and go over there and smoke pot. And you know, I don't know. I was tired. I was still on vacation. So it wouldn't really have mattered. Um, cause I didn't have to get up early or whatever, but he said he wanted to be up early to go to one of his meetings. Like all of that. I don't even know if that's true. It could all just be part of like his whole thing of not wanting me there, which, you know, it's his prerogative. So the next day I am stoked because now he has made a plan. And by, and by the way, I jokingly said, Oh, only if we can watch love Island. Cause I am addicted to love Island. I don't know if anybody out there is watching it. I'm not watching the new season. Cause I don't have it. I don't have access to it. I've, I've gone through and watched season three and now I'm backtracking and I'm on season two and I'm, I can't, it's like eating chocolate cake. I like, it's the best thing ever. I love this show. It's the stupidest shit ever, but I love it. So anyways, I jokingly said only if we can watch Love Island, just kind of testing him to let him know I'm, I'm fun and I'm joking. And he put ha 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 laugh out loud for sure. And I said, I put all these cracking up faces and I was, I was joking. He said, and then he just wrote back, 
I'm down. I'm like, okay, I don't know if you even got that I was joking, whatever. But my point was, is that I thought, wow, we've made a plan for the next day. It's a 24 hour in advance plan. This isn't a last minute. I just think I want to see you because I'm stoned. This is, I want to see you. Uh, a week later, not two weeks later, a week later, and I am willing to make a plan and stick with it. And we'll see each other tomorrow night. So the whole day, and believe me, I would literally commit Harry Carey, like right through my stomach. If he ever heard any of this, I would fucking kill myself. But I really don't think he like, he's never looked at my social media, any of my stories or anything. So he, I'm not on his radar in any way. Um, but anyways, the whole next day, everything I did, like I was obsessed with the thought of that night, everything I did, I took a bath and shaved my legs. I shaved my arms, uh, shaved my legs all the way up to my hip. Like I, I don't know why, but I used to always stop like mid thigh. I don't know why I thought I needed to do that, but no, I all the way up, shaved my arms real smooth, uh, waxed my lip, did my, uh, well, I basically every thought during the day was in preparation for this night. Um, and around and I hadn't heard anything from him all day and I thought well that's fine because that's he's probably busy doing whatever and he'll just throw me a shout out at some point and say hey why don't you head over at this time because he's always been really good about um being in touch he has and so I I said and, that, and what I'm talking about is like if we made a plan, like he's on his way home, but he's like, hang on, I just got to stop here. I'll be there. And like, I just have to pick up this one thing where I have to get gas. So leave at this time or let me know when you're leaving. Like there's always been that kind of good communication when I was going to come over. So I'm getting my hair and makeup done. It's like 7:30, and I'm, <laughs> I'm having that thought in my head that am I doing this for fucking nothing? Is that going to be my reality soon? Am I going to know that I just am doing this for nothing because I still haven't heard from him. And it's starting to make me a little concerned. And I thought, I don't want to reach out to him all day long. I'm thinking, no, I'm going to let him come to me. But now it's 820. And I'm over it. I need to know what the plan is. So I write to him and I said, Hey, Stoney, um, what's a good time for you? Or what time works or whatever. And he takes 30 minutes to write back. You can imagine how fun that 30 minutes was waiting for that response. That was super great. Like every fucking minute you're like, um, what is going on? <laughs> you're not, did you die? Like what's happening? So I get a response back. Fuck. I'm, I'm something about hanging with my friends and we're, we're in it really deep. I don't remember. That wasn't the terminology, but it was something like they're, they're super duper hanging. And, uh, I mean, there's obviously huge age difference between the two of us. My God, what am I doing, Jennifer? So I, I, um, he says it's going to be later than I had anticipated, but it really, from that response made me feel like he had forgotten completely. And in that moment, I was like, wow, that just told me everything I needed to know about how he feels about me. Um, it was super inconsiderate. But also, I don't think he'll ever realize how that would make me feel. So I just wrote back. I waited, I don't know, 10 minutes. I wanted to write back right away, but I waited. Isn't it funny, all these little psychological games that women seem to play? I don't know if men do it or not. We do need them because games are like, you don't want anyone who writes back right away. It would bother me. So we do need to like chill on the, on the, um, there is definitely strategy involved in all of that. And it, it's necessary. I don't know. I mean, I like it too. I like the game, but anyways, so I write back and I just said, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Um, have fun with your friends. We'll just do it another night. And he writes back and says pretty quickly, not 30 minutes later. Okay, cool, cool. That works better for me. Less stress or something like that. <laughs> Okay, because we wouldn't want to stress you out. And here I am absolutely entirely crushed. Like I realized I was in this completely, like I was in a bubble all day. Like I couldn't even see straight. I was floating all day, like nothing, you know, I was just in this total like excited fog of like, I don't know how to describe it, but it, like everything I thought about was in regards to the evening coming up because I couldn't wait to get my hands on him again. Um, But... I was just completely devastated and I sat on my bed and I wanted to cry really bad, but I couldn't make it happen because part of me just felt so stupid. Like 
this was it. This is the reality check I needed. This is what I needed to have happen to me to make me realize that this was never, ever what was going on in his head. This has been in my head. But like someone who's very close to me pointed out, he was not careful with my feelings. I definitely expressed to him that I had feelings for him. We kind of circled around it. I told him I could handle it. But he has to know that once those feelings were established, I can't just ignore them. So he knew I was a girl that had feelings for him, regardless if I said I could handle it and just be down with hanging out and having sex and not it turning into anything. And he wasn't careful with it because when we were together, there was three times after that, that we were together. He was very passionate every single one of those times. And maybe that's just the way he has sex with girls, but I can't imagine that he didn't, he wasn't that way with me the first time. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is just how he is, but it was really confusing when we'd have sex because it was very, very intimate and it felt very passionate as I've explained before the kissing never stopped throughout it was very much like I felt like he wanted to be very close to me so I would leave there confused thinking he's just not saying it but he's showing it so I had this all in my mind that he really did have this like thing for me and he likes to hook up with me because it feels good he really likes to go there but he doesn't want to give me everything because he's scared to that was like what I thought but this completely knocked me out and made me realize that, um, or snapped me out of it, I guess, and made me go, wow, yeah, this, this is not what I thought it was. So, um, (laughs) the funny thing is, is I really like want to get not back at him, but I want to like, I'm not going to see him anymore. Like, so I'm like, okay, as soon as he reaches out and asks, I'm, and I kept thinking, well, I'm going to ignore him. No, I don't want to ignore him. Like, I'm not going to do that because that was never our thing. I wouldn't, I'm not mad at him. I mean, I'm hurt that he didn't didn't have more respect for me to remember that we were going to hang out that night. That sucks. Um, but he hasn't even given me the opportunity to do that because he still hasn't reached out to me um, to hang out again. And honestly, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. Um, but I guess my silence is good enough at this point. Um, if he does reach out to me, I will. I won't be available. And I don't think it will really bother him. I think it's just like, it'll, it'll just be like, yeah, it's cool. I I don't think it's going to bother him at all. Um, and so in the meantime, um, I, I I really don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it, but I connected with somebody on Tinder that is my age, that is gorgeous, that is six, six. And I like, I'm, that's all I want to say. We had a great, we actually like spoke so I've heard the voice. He's from Amsterdam. He's fucking Dutch. Like that's what my kids are. Um, but man, he's got like the physique of a 25 year old. And it like it, I just feel like physically, like, I feel like my physique looks so much better than my face, but like, I feel like I can get away with a lot because I know my body's in better shape than most 51 year old. So like I get away with like younger guys, but this guy's like, I feel like physically we're super matched because we're both 51, but we're both physically and really well in decent shape. And, um, you know, he's not going to like be offended by a wrinkle or anything. Cause he's probably got some too. He said on his Tinder account, he was 48. And I told him, I said, you know, I secretly wish that you were 51 because I wanted to lie about my age on Tinder, but I didn't. And I said, I'm going to be 52 next week. And then he writes back or says through a voice text back, he goes, I actually am 51. He goes, I was going to get rid of the Tinder. I'm like, are you freaking here? My age? Oh my God. So many things, so many things that were just kind of like, um, yeah, I don't want to jinx it. Just some amazing coincidences that like, that were kind of like blowing both our minds. And, um, the problem is, is that he lives far away. He lives, um, in Tiburon, which is just north of the San Francisco, well, of the Golden Gate Bridge, of the San Francisco Bridge, of the Golden Gate Bridge. So for me, that's over an hour away. I don't know what he does. I know, I don't know. Like, all I know is that he came here to be closer to his daughter. He's got a 12 year old. Um, and I don't know. Like, so I'm just, we're, we want to meet this. I'm going to be so mad if this doesn't happen. And I'm telling you guys all this, God, I, there's so many times that this seems to happen where like, it looks like everything's rolling in a certain direction. And then there's never a meetup, which I freaking can't stand, but I'm counting on it. I'm hoping that I get to meet him this weekend. That is what we both kind of, 
uh, said he asked me twice what I was doing this weekend. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm totally willing to meet you. Like, let's go have a drink. And, um, there's, yeah, there was a lot of flirting too. And, uh, he said he was just super fed up with the soap operas on Tinder and he was ready to get rid of the account because I questioned him at first. He only had body pictures. There was only two. And I said, I, how do I even know you're real? Like I did not think he was real at all. And I said, you've got to do this for me. Take a picture holding a pen and he apologized for his like appearance. He said he hadn't slept well the night before or something, but he did it. And I'm like, all right. And then he, and then he asked me to take a picture. Hold, well, he wanted to see lingerie, but I just, I didn't happen to have any. So I, I did the best I could <laughs> let him see a peek of my, my underwear. But, um, anyways, um, yeah, it was definitely him. And then I heard his voice and he definitely had the Dutch accent. And I couldn't believe that he was from Amsterdam. I'm like, Jesus, I just was there in 2018. Like, these are my people. And yeah, it was cute. I sent him a picture of uh, my son, like just the back of Owen, like walking up to school. And he goes, yep, he's a Dutchie. I'm like, oh my God, like these are like, I, and I told my kids when I went to Amsterdam for AIDS 2018, I said, oh my God, I'm like, the, this is where our people are, you guys. Because my kids are, their dad is like totally full Dutch and I'm just like a quarter. But my kids are definitely more Dutch than I am. Um, anyways... It, we will see. So wish me luck, I hope. And that would really be so great that that energy came in when I denied the bad energy of this other person. And how ironic that this other person is like a foot taller than <laughs> the other one, the one that I was calling my favorite. Um, more compatible size-wise with m me, for sure. So that's it. And um, I talked about some stuff on my social media, my close friend's story, and the... There's a word that I really, really hate, and I'm just going to mention it really fast. It's a part of the girl part downstairs, and it starts with a C, and I will not say it, but that is, I hate that word. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I freaking hate that word. It's gross. I don't know why it is, but I don't want to say it. I don't want to say the shortened version. I don't want to say the scientific version, whatever. I hate it. Can we come up? With, I don't even want to talk about that part. Why am I so uncomfortable about that? Why is everybody so uncomfortable about that? Why are girls so uncomfortable about that? We are. Guys want to sling their thing all over the place. And girls, we want to just cross our legs and not talk about it. It's embarrassing. Why is that? I don't know. But I hate that word. I really, really do. And that's where I'm going to end this podcast today. So <laughs> I hope you all are doing well and have a great West, West of the week. Oh, that's funny. Really quick. I was telling my son when I was little that uh, we didn't, you know, we had to make phone calls to boys if we wanted to like flirt with a boy. And there was this one boy that I called and I went way below my, I thought, my level. I thought I'd have a, a better chance at a boyfriend. This was like seventh grade. No, it was eighth grade. Anyways, his name, uh, my kids are all, what was his name? And I knew right away it was Dean Whittle. And then that has turned into a running joke with my kids. Like, Dean Whittle boy, he's a Whittle baby. And it's like, it's, I don't know. I never even thought about it that way. I thought of it as whittling, you know, like you whittle wood, you know. And anyways, something made me think of that because I just said something with a W. So Dean Whittle, if you're out there, hey, how you doing? Thanks for rejecting me when I called your house and you had nothing to say. And then after that, even though we were friends at school, you never talked to me again. That was great. That was great. Love that kind of rejection. All right, you guys have a great what? <laughs> there I did it again. Have a great West of the week with Dean Whittle. Okay, guys, have a great one. Bye for now. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.